All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to SaberSim's DFS Office Hours. It is Thursday, June 2nd of 2022. Thanks for tuning into the stream here today. Uh, for those tuning in, listening for the first time, <clears throat> my name is Jordan. I'm the head coach here at SaberSim. Uh, and Office Hours is an open Q&A style show where I answer questions from the SaberSim community about SaberSim, about DFS, whatever you guys want to talk about. Your questions drive the conversations we have on the show. If you have questions you want to ask, email us at support at sabersim.com. Ask your questions live in the YouTube chat if you're here joining me live here today, or post questions in the Office Hours channel in our Slack community. And if you are for some reason not already in the Slack community, there's a link to join in the description of every past show. I highly recommend joining up into Slack. You get access to that Office Hours channel, but you also get access to our similar channels, letting you know when we run new simulations. Uh, you get access to some of our free prop bets of the day for both uh, baseball and for a short while longer basketball. Um, you get access to uh, our general sport channels, get to participate in the conversation going on there. So definitely just worth uh, getting joined up into the Slack community there. Um, uh, for those of you expecting to tune in here today for the uh, contest selection stream, uh, I know there's a lot of excitement about that. We are very excited uh, as well. Uh, I actually spent uh, most of my morning here kind of putting uh, together some of the fine tuning updates there with Erica and Andy, making sure that we're all uh, dialed in on, on kind of how we want to attack that particular stream. Uh, that will be tomorrow. We're looking forward to that. So uh, I apologize. You know, again, we'll do, uh, I guess, I, I guess not even apologize, but we'll be doing the, the basic uh, open Q&A uh, style stream here today. Uh, and we'll do the contest selection stream tomorrow. So uh, again, I know there's a lot of excitement, a lot of anticipation there. Uh, let's get the app pulled up. I have a couple questions here in the queue here for today. Uh, a question about how to manage. Um, and I realize this actually might be a little small for you guys here. I didn't adjust that before the start of the stream. So let's go ahead and make that a little bit bigger. There we go. Now we can see. I have a couple questions on uh, removing teams from your player pool uh, and a question about uh, maximum exposure in 20 max sets of lineup. So we'll start with those two questions there. Uh, and then if you guys have questions, fire away in chat for me here because we'll get through uh, these two questions, I would say, pretty quickly here. So uh, fire away at me. But uh, okay, so let's start. Uh, I want to start. This was a question from Sarosh. Um, and uh, about eliminating teams here from your pool. So he said, uh, if I am sure a certain game will be rained out, how can I eliminate it from my build? Or say the Vegas uh, implied run total is six for three teams and between three to four for others. Uh, how can I build from just those three teams? Yeah, so uh, sounds you know very similar to what we had going on yesterday. So, I mean, the easiest way to do this is to going to be to just take advantage of the uh, Xing out teams options here near the team totals at the top, right? So let's say you're taking a look at this here and, and maybe you want to eliminate some low run total teams from your pool or maybe there's some teams that or games you want to eliminate just from weather, right? Let's say we want to X out the Mets. We don't want to play any Mets, right? Um, maybe let's say, I, I haven't looked. I don't know if there's weather tonight, but uh, maybe we want to eliminate the Angels, right? And maybe this game has weather or something, right? So we're playing with a pretty limited tool uh, pool, right? We can, we can go ahead and pretty easily X out those teams here. Um, and that, that will remove them from our pool. If there are, you know, maybe we still want to include pitchers for some of the lower projected teams, right? Uh, you can add back in, for example, uh, Reed and, and Taewon Walker, if you wanted to include those pitchers back in. Um, but that's going to be the easiest way to quickly just X out a, a whole team at once, right? Um, now, let's say, for example, here, let's say you've built your lineups for the slate, 
Um, so let's go ahead and build a handful of lineups here. Um, let's say let's say you realize after the slate that uh, after the slate locks that a game has rainout risk, right? Or a game's weather situation has gotten worse after lock, uh, but it's not a game that that started at lock, uh, and you need to make some some updates there at the last second, right? Um, so let's say let's do that example here. So let's say these were my lineups that I started with. And I've entered them into my contest. And I'm good to go, right? So I've got those entered. Uh, and now after lock, right, the weather situation in the Cubs game, just as a total hypothetical, I have no idea if there's, there's probably not weather in that game. But now the weather situation in this game looks bad, right? Well, now we can go ahead and X these teams out, right? Uh, and we'll remove all those players from our pool. Now what we would want to do is run a late swap build to properly rebuild those lineups without those players in them. So let's say, you know, it's about 545, uh, maybe my time here. Um, obviously, in this case, these games would have locked. Uh, we can come in here, start a new build, late swap, um, and basically rebuild these lineups with the players that we want to remove from the pool removed. So they're no longer in there uh, and basically kind of bulk remove players from a game that has rain out risk all at once. Um, so um, let me know if, if that helps, I guess we'll let this build finish up here so we can kind of just see and demonstrate that, that, that actually worked. Um, let me know if that helps, if there's any kind of follow-up questions here. Um, again, I think that the Xing out teams, those bulk X out options at the top of the screen, probably the easiest way to, to get that done there. So. Um, but we'll, we'll finish this build up first here. We'll, we'll make sure that this worked as intended here. So St. Louis, no St. Louis, no Chicago, right? We remove those teams. Um, and then we could go on our way, downloading the entries file, re-uploading to DraftKings and we're good to go. So cool. Let's keep it going here. Uh, jump into the next question here. This was from profit. Uh, and, uh, definitely on brand for uh, a lot of the conversations we've been having these past couple weeks, uh, said, is it wise to use hundred exposure for a 20 max contest? Uh, the short answer here is ultimately going to be that this is, this is going to be a lot of a personal, well, let me say a couple things first. First of all, I don't like these kinds of heuristics, like hundred percent exposure is okay for a 20 max because it ignores a lot of context of slate sizing of, uh, slate context itself, like what the actual landscape of the slate looks like, uh, and then also some personal risk tolerance, right? Uh, so what what I would say first instead to, to build lineups in a way, to answer this question for yourself in a way that does take into account those things, I would start by just building some lineups with default settings for the contest that you're playing, right? The biggest, the biggest slider or the biggest setting here that's going to impact how exposed you are to certain players is going to be the sim precision slider, right? Uh, we actually added a new feature to this here, or, or at least a new tooltip uh, yesterday, I think, actually, uh, that now shows you how many sims we're taking into account at different sim precision levels. So this has been pretty commonly requested, but uh, this slider controls, again, how many sims we're looking at here, right? So uh, by default for a 20 max, 10 to 50K for a six game slate like tonight, uh, our default setting says you should build a lineup that is optimized by looking at 11 simulations per game, per lineup, right? Uh, and that's going to control them. The higher this slider is, the less exposed you're going to be to your highest exposure plays. Uh, the lower this slider is, the more exposed you're going to be to your highest exposure plays, right? And the default setting for this is going to be optimized and appropriate for that particular contest size and slate 
and slate size. So when we build this, right, we can kind of see what these exposures actually end up looking like here. Um, I would say most commonly, you're probably not going to see 100% exposure to any one player for baseball for a 20 max contest. Occasionally, if there is a really great ace pitcher on the slate, um, you know, a, a really top end, very high strikeout, high upside type pitcher there. Um, you know, I know he's been hurt all year, which is kind of sad for baseball, but DeGrom comes to mind as a guy that you would typically see in the past uh, as one of those pitchers that you could absolutely see as 100% exposure here. Uh, hitters, probably even less so, but occasionally you might see one up there if there's a really spectacularly well-projected uh, and maybe particularly um, low salary team. Um, let's give this a refresh here and see if we can get these lineups to pull up. Uh, but that uh, slider is going to be the main factor determining how much exposure you're going to get here. Um, let's see here. Let's get these lineups pulled up before I go much further. I, ne I need some lineups. Um, so let's see if a, a refresh helps me out here. Um, let's do this here real quick. Apologies for the brief delay here. One second here. Start fresh. Okay. So we're going to start with a fresh build here. We'll do this again. Um, so... Anyway, this approach will give you a more slate contextualized answer to this question. Now, above and beyond that, uh, you will, th this has to do with a lot of personal risk tolerance, right? Uh, it is probably in your pool of 500 lineups, which is, you know, considered viable for the contest. Uh, you can probably get 100% exposure in 20 lineups to a handful of plays. If you want to play in a way that is more, uh, aggressive, right? If you want to say, I'm going to play 100% Manea, right? And get, um, a hundred percent exposure to a guy like Manea, oh, man, having co some computer problems here today, right? That a hundred percent exposure is absolutely out there from here. This is a risk tolerance question, right? How much upside do you want and how much risk are you willing to take on, right? You're taking on a hundred percent risk to a, a player here, right? A kind of a, a port, an asset in your lineup portfolio here, right? Is that an, is that too much risk for you? Uh, it would be for me. I would say, you know, personally, it's unlikely that I'm going to have 100% exposure in a high variance sport like baseball to any one player very often. Uh, certainly not a hitter. Maybe on a, an elite pitcher, I'd be comfortable with it, but it's it's not very likely to happen for me. Um, so anyway, um, uh, yeah, anyway, I don't like heuristics. I don't like saying things like 100% exposure is always fine or always not fine. Uh, because they ignore a lot of context. I would say you can answer your question. You can answer this question in a more contextualized way just by building lineups with the default settings and seeing what your exposures look like for a particular slate. Um, from there, there is a personal risk tolerance question of of how much exposure are you personally looking for on your favorite plays uh, and your your uh, your overall risk tolerance there. So, DG says exposure is basically variance, is it not? In a sense, um. Kind of, I guess. I mean, they, they are related, right? I would want, I would likely want less exposure to a higher variance player, bro very broadly speaking. Um, I mean, they, I think they are maybe, they would theoretically be somewhat proportional or correlated thinking about it that way. Um, I mean, they're, they are not, they're not literally descriptive of the same thing. 
Um, but yeah, I, I can kind of like kind of get where you're going with that. So, um, cool. Uh, let's answer some other questions here. Steve said, I downloaded the projections like I always do. And I noticed two new columns, Saber team and Saber total. How do I use this? Uh, Saber team here. We can take a quick look. Saber team should just be the exact number up here. It's the average, average point total in the simulations for that particular team. Uh, Saber total is the total runs, uh, projected or total score in the game. So let's, uh, pull up. Excel here so you guys can see what I'm talking about. So if you download this here, uh, we're talking about these. Oh, you guys can't see that at all, huh? Um, hang on. I can't seem to make Excel any bigger here. One sec. Let's do this. Let's, let's do this. Let's get this all fixed up here. Okay. Now you can kind of see it. So yeah. So Saber team here uh, is the implied run total in the simulations. Saber total is the average number of runs scored in the game in the Sims. So, um, yeah, it should be the same for different sports and things like that as well. Just uh, obviously not not runs in that particular case, maybe points. So, cool. All right. Let's keep it going here. Uh, Dap boy, Steven said, how should I go about making a multipliers lineup on DK? Yeah, really good question. I talked about this recently on a stream, maybe a couple weeks ago. I actually think this is one, um, question here that, that kind of doesn't have a super simple answer. It's, it's really going to depend on what type of multiplier you're playing. Um, I know we have this multiplier setting in here. Um, and what that's basically going to do is it's going to kind of, you know, I think this is maybe intended for something resembling a triple up right? A, a, a kind of a soft multiplier, uh, a contest where you just maybe want slightly, some slight correlation ownership and sim precision considerations uh, compared to cash. I, I think maybe, maybe we're eyeing something like a triple up here, but there's a broad spectrum of different multipliers, right? There are triple ups, there are quintuple ups, there are 10x boosters, there are 40x boosters. I think it's going to depend a lot on the payout structure of the contest. The more the, the top heavier the payout structure is, the more that multiplier is, uh, the more aggressive I want to be basically probably with the slider. So on like a 40X booster, right, where you're paying out, I think a 40X booster pays out the top two or two and a half percent of the field and everybody gets 40X their entry fee that gets paid out. Right? I might I might be approaching that. I would at least be approaching that like it's a GPP. I might even be approaching it all the way like it's a winner take all or a satellite kind of contest because you need to have that, you know, top 2% outcome to uh, be profitable in that contest, right? Might be something like this. Uh, in a in a triple up, um, again, I, I might use these sliders. I think, you know, triple up, you're basically trying to finish in the top 33%. I think the lineup constructions that have top 33% equity are probably going to be very similar to lineups that have uh, top... Uh, 50% like a double up, I would probably just use a cash lineup in a triple up or something very cashy. Uh, and then there's kind of a spectrum in between there. Dap boy, Steven said it's top three, get paid out of 35 people. Uh, so that sounds kind of like probably that's a, probably a 10 X booster, something like that, where the top 10% are, are, are getting paid out roughly the, the top little less than the top 10% are getting like 10 X their money. Um, I would probably approach that as if it were a, a GPP or a maybe even a satellite there, right? 
you're you're I think I think probably it's kind of it's kind of in between those two. Uh, in the case of a satellite, you're basically playing a winner take all, uh, and a top ten percent ten x booster is more top heavy than a traditional GPP, um, or it's more it's less of the field is getting paid out than a traditional GPP, but it's there's no top heaviness to it once you get to the payout structure. So I would probably hear like let's say it's so it's thirty five people um, single entry. Let's see what these compare. Let's see what these look like. So this one is GPP single entry. Okay, so three one one and satellite is five four four. Um, I would probably use something kind of in between these sliders. So maybe something like, you know, something like this would probably be pretty good, right? Um, you're because you're basically you're you're kind of playing something that resembles a, a hybrid GPP satellite type contest. Um, that's probably the way I would appropriate, uh, I would probably do it, um, something around there. So, and that, that it's kind of the thing with the sliders in general is, you know, we have the default set up for a lot of these different types of contests, especially for GPPs. But when you start to get to some of these other contests, uh, really important to study the payout structure and look at the payout structure of the contest and, and ask yourself, you know, what, what does this resemble? Uh, what what do I need to what do I need to do with my strategy here to be profitable in this contest? Right? What percentage of the field is getting paid out, um, etc. So anyway, I think something like this would work pretty good for that kind of contest. Anthony said, "How are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you? Welcome." Uh, okay, let's jump back over to uh, Slack here. Hit a couple questions that have come in in the Slack chat here. Uh, TRD. My man uh, said, is it normal uh, that I need to update the date in SaberSim? I need to sometimes, but not others. I assume you're talking about up here. Um, can't say I've had to do that ever, to be honest. Um, this should generally update to the, the day that it is. Um, you know, if you're running into issues, as always, feel free to uh, settings, report a problem, let us know. Could be a bug there. I, I don't think I've ever, I think this in general has automatically updates. You know, sometimes you do have to change the slate, right? You know, if you're already ready, if you're, if you're uh gung ho ready to build Linus for the main slate tonight, but the early hasn't started, you probably have to select the right slate, make that change. Um, but I, I do believe this should always be set to the current day uh, for sports that don't actually play daily. Sometimes that isn't entirely the case. Like if there's no, you know, if there was no baseball today, if you went to June 2nd, you might be seeing yesterday or tomorrow's games just as a hypothetical, but uh, yeah, should, should generally be the correct day there. Um, so yeah, I would, I, if you're running into issues there, I'd use the report a problem link to let us know. Uh, okay. Andrew has a question here. Let's take a look. Uh, and uh, he said, during the NBA season, I dabbled with rules regarding projected minutes for players. Are there other columns in uh, to consider in MLB or MMA, such as home runs or strikeouts? Uh, or is there not much reliable data to include those factors? Yeah, so this is this is an interesting question here. Um, so the, the, the short, simple answer here uh, is that, you know, all of the detailed stat projections here that you are seeing are descriptive of what comes up in the Sims, right? So... You know, if you were going to go in and say, I want to only include players that have a certain amount of home run equity, right? And I'm going to eliminate or, or curate a player pool based on home run equity, right? Well, 
that's almost, I don't want to say it's necessarily double counting, but that's almost just a less efficient version of what happens automatically when you build your lineups with the, with the sliders, right? Because when you build, you know, for example, for 150 max, we are grouping lineups. We're building a lineup that is, I love this thing. This makes it so much easier to explain what Sim Precision does. Uh, you're building a lineup that is optimal for a kind of random set of six game sims for each game, right? So naturally, as players hit home runs in the simulations themselves, they will be entered into those lineups when those sims occur. And you'll get exposure to players with home run upside and maybe with some less home run upside and whatever accordingly in your lineup. So you you are somewhat double counting there, right? Um, now, that's not to say... I, I That's not to say there's no value that can be added there, right? Um, I think you can maybe, especially if you have a particular player pool that, or you have a particular approach that you want to uh, play towards, or maybe especially if you're only building a few lineups or you're playing some smaller field stuff, I think that can be a decent metric as a way to curate a player pool. Um, but I think especially as you start to get to more and more and more lineups, the sim precision slider is going to naturally select for those kind of indica indicators of upside uh, a little bit more uh, efficiently than you would be able to just by using a stat that is already descriptive of what's in the Sims themselves. Um, minutes in NBA, I think, is a little bit more interesting just because minutes are so like there's no it, with with basketball not being as much of an event based sport you have to be on it's not an event based sport at all really you have to be on the court to rack up points and actual scoring production is so well correlated to minutes that it kind of becomes a little bit of a way to um, limiting players by their minutes expectation is almost just kind of another way to use a player player uh pool filter right in it's, it's almost just a different way. It's like a, it's a kind of another guardrail to make sure that a player uh, has an expectation to be on the court to get their upside. Um, I can't really think of anything similar to that in baseball or, or MMA, right? Because, you know, like play plate appearances is not very well correlated with actual point scoring outcomes in, in, uh, Baseball because so much because it's so event based, right? A home run, you can a player can get all of their upside in one in one swing, right? So I mean, it's it's good when a player gets more plate appearances, uh, but it's not something where it's like average average additional plate appearances is extremely well correlated with uh, additional point scoring upside. And same thing in MMA, right? I mean, the the best thing that can happen for a fighter for the most part would be getting like an extremely fast knockout or submission. There, there, I can't think of any detailed stat that you know, correlates well with that above and beyond um, what is already included in the Sims themselves, right? If you were to come in here and say, okay, like I want to see, you know, um, how often a fighter wins quickly or how often they um, win at all or anything like that, right? That naturally is expressed in the simulations themselves. So um, yeah, I I don't know. I, 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 I don't, I don't hate the idea. I, I bet there's like, especially if you're playing smaller field stuff, playing a fewer number of lineups have, have are strongly opinionated on what players end up being in your lineups. I think using these detailed stat projections to curate your pool makes some sense, but the more lineups you're playing, the more and the higher your sim precision slider is going to be kind of naturally, the more I would just allow this to be expressed in the simulations themselves. Um, so, I mean, really good question there. Kind of a tricky one. Um, I, I, I don't know if there's, 
I don't know if there's a, a something else that I would why I would do there. So um, I see Andrew's typing here, so I'll give him a chance to respond. We'll we'll quickly uh, answer Dwayne's question here, and he said, when uh, building lineups for NBA as well as MLB, do you remove min salary? Or is it best to go with the default set uh, when removing min salary? Open the builder is giving you the best lineups possible, regardless of cash. Yeah. So this is an interesting question. I actually talked about this a lot on yesterday's stream. Uh, so I'd go check out the kind of tail end of yesterday's stream as well. There uh, went, went pretty into actually, I think two days ago it was um, let's see. I think it was two days ago. Um, this video here. Uh, no. Yeah. Yesterday's what is back testing here? Um, Min salary here, uh, thirty started at thirty nine forty five point. Talked about it for almost fifteen minutes. So I think there's a I think there's a compelling reason. I'll kind of give a summary here. Uh, won't go as de in depth here on this particular um, question today since we covered it yesterday. But I think there I think from a theory standpoint, there's like a pretty compelling reason to set this as low as min salary when you're using something like simulations to build your lineups anyway. Right? If you set your min salary to zero, you're still going to get a lineup. You're still going to get lineups that are optimized. Uh, based on looking at, you know, a number of simulations per lineup, right? You're getting an optimal for a six sim for each game slate simulation, essentially. So it doesn't really matter what the salary is at that point, because the players are optimal for those individual game sims. So I think that makes sense on a theory standpoint. Now, like where that can get kind of wonky on the practical side here, um, is that you know when you're actually building lineups with SaberSim because of the correlation and ownership fade slider, you you are you're introducing other factors here, and in particular, if you have a very high ownership fade slider uh, by dropping the min salary really low, you you kind of provide this easy out for the optimizer to build you these really low salary, low ownership projected builds because of because of that slider. Uh, in a practical sense, what the min salary setting actually does on Sabersim most of the time is just acts against a hedge for the ownership fade slider or acts as a hedge against ownership fade. It's basically saying like, yeah, build lineups that take into account ownership, but don't take the easy way out of just playing a bunch of low salary lineups that are unlikely to be played by anybody else. Build lineups that that are, are higher salary um, that also take into account ownership. So I, I have been experimenting with some uh, min lower min salary builds here uh, for um, baseball this season, just because I think salaries have been very inefficient. I don't think the I don't think the pricing model that DraftKings and FanDuel are using is very good this year. Um, so I have been playing uh, some lower salary builds, but I'm also as a result of that generally turning down the ownership fade slider a little bit so that it doesn't have that kind of negative effect there. And I have been handling ownership a little bit more from the standpoint of adjusting projections and exposures. Uh, to, to counteract that. Um, and again, I spent a lot longer on this yesterday. Uh, so I'd go back and check out that particular section of the stream there. Um, went into a lot more detail there, but uh, I think it's interesting. I think on a NBA showdown, the min salary is pretty low. It's like 35, 35,000 anyway. Uh, so you're not going to get, I mean, that, that, that is effectively zero. There's not a lot of builds below that salary range that are even viable at all. So, and that makes sense for showdown. Right. Um, salary even matters less here when we're using a single game simulation uh, or a very small set of simulations and, and trying to basically build an optimal for a single basketball game. Uh, definitely willing to play some of those lower salary builds there. So, um, but yeah, good question. 
Um, okay. So let's hit this uh, follow-up here. Um, a couple other questions from Andrew here. Get to these. Um, it looks like these have the timestamps in there as well. So uh, I said, I began doing so because of the correlation in NBA. The one filter that I notice automatically on an MLB is include projections, include players with a projection greater than four. Is there a particular reason for this? Uh, sometimes I kick it up a couple notches until the Sims reject me. Cannot say whether or not has it helped or not. Uh, thanks again for the walkthrough video. Help to be more hands-on and provide clarification for someone like me who has only been using Sims the last few months. Good. I'm glad that was helpful. Um, I had fun doing that yesterday. So I'm glad that I, I've heard from a few people that you guys enjoyed that. So can definitely look at doing some more of that kind of content, even every once, once a week or something like that. I'm, I'm more than happy to do something like that. So, um, uh, but, uh, let's, let's talk about this filter here. So yeah, default filter include players with my projection is greater than four. Uh, basically what this ends up ultimately doing here, uh, is let's just remove it. Let's put it to zero. Uh, is it removes like very low projected players from the pool. And in the case of um, baseball, it's mostly just removing the relievers from the pool. So that, that is essentially the impact of that is we have all these relievers, right? They, they get into the games. They have projections because they're included in the simulations. Uh, it's very unlikely that you would ever get one of these guys in your lineups. But if you were playing with a very high ownership fade slider, uh, a very high sim precision, uh, and you potentially pulled a sim where you had a 4K guy, uh, you know, go in and, and throw maybe a few innings and rack up a few strikeouts, it's possible you can get a lineup with them. Don't really want them showing up in lineups for people's people. So we we typically just kind of strike them out with that min projection filter, and that, that gets rid of most of them. Um, that is basically what the filter does for every sport. Is it, you know, on uh, it is... It's kind of similar to the min salary, actually, where, you know, from again, from a theory standpoint, you wouldn't ever need it if your lineups were optimized purely based on simulations, because you would only get very low projected players in your lineups at the rate at which they were optimal in those given sims. But because there are other things coming into play here, right? Primarily the way we think about ownership fade and correlation, uh, things that, you know, make it so that your lineups are, are a little bit above and beyond just optimals for simulations. Uh, it, it provides a backstop to avoid a very low projected player from showing up in the pool. I think for NBA, it's set at like 15, right? So no players projected for less than 15 points for a classic slate show up there. Um, so um, I, on your question here, I probably wouldn't raise this. Uh, if you raise it, you are going to start Xing out some bottom of the order hitters, right? Um, which, you know, are going to be lower projected on average, but still have the upside to be optimal. Um, you know, a, a lot of these guys at the bottom of the order, right? There's, I mean, there's still 95th percentile, 16 to, to 20 points, uh, talking about guys with the, you know, one in 10, one in 20 chance to, to hit a home run or something like that in a game. I, I, I'm interested in having those guys in my pool. So for baseball in particular, I think, uh, for baseball in particular, I probably wouldn't ever, uh, raise this. Uh, in fact, a lot of times I'm going in here and just making sure that I at, at four capture all the batters, right? Sometimes there's a slate where maybe there's a nine hole batter in a bad pitching matchup that's projected for like 3.9. I still want that guy in my pool for my large field build. So I'll actually come in here and I typically feel a little bit more comfortable with this at three. Um, you know, you almost, you can check at the, at the post build process, make sure you don't get the relievers in your lineups. You basically never do. Um, but I want those low projected hitters showing up there. So for basketball, sport like basketball, I think it gets a little bit more interesting on like really small two game slates. Uh, a lot of times I will 
lower the min projected filter from the default 15. And on like a big 12 or 13 game basketball slate, a lot of times I raise it and maybe put it to like 15, 18, 21. For some reason, I always think about multiples of three for this. Um, so I'll raise it, right? Because I don't need to take shots on guys projected for 15, 16, 17 points. I can play just guys that have a lot higher minutes floor, uh, something like that. So um, yeah, it depends a little bit on the sport there, but for baseball in particular, that's, that's the, that's the sport of the season. I would say I, I probably would avoid raising it because you're just going to kind of arbitrarily start removing some nine hole, eight hole hitters. Uh, and, and if you're playing large field GPPs and things like that, maybe you want to lower it a little bit to allow some of those lower guys, lower projected guys in, into your lineups. So, um, but good question. Um, okay. Let's see here. Uh, let's back up a little bit. I missed a few questions here from before. Uh, Chicket Tio said, I noticed in stack rules that selecting at least four hitters from a selection of teams while also selecting no more than three players from other teams does not seem possible at the moment. Uh, will this ever be allowed due to both of these stack rules at the same time? Yeah, so that's a bug. Um, that is on our list to fix. So we'll get that resolved. Uh, we are, there, there will be a, I would say, kind of a pending update to just improve uh, the um, stacking rule configuration in baseball uh in the future um yeah so uh i know that the stacking rules you know there there are things that are that should be that feel like they should be easier to do here that are a little bit tricky just because of the way that this is currently set up um so yes you you can run into an issue there at the moment and that and that's just a bug that's on our list to fix uh, Anthony said, I have a suggestion for a tool where you can upload your lineup slash buy-in or input your buy-ins. So you can click on the percentile outcomes for your players and see how much money is actually on all of the probable outcomes. Uh, I feel like it can help you Saberson in a way where it really highlights Saberson's ability to make you better lineups. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting idea. Um, I mean, it's, it's pretty, it starts to get pretty close to like, you know, once you're there, you're not super, you're not that far off from doing something like you know, just basically just like simulating a lineup set and, and calculating EV directly, at least based on the Sims. Um, one thing I will say one thing that you like, you can kind of run into issues doing that is that you're, you're gonna, you're basically like grading your test. It's like self-grading your own test, right? Uh, you're, you're, if you're building your lineups with the Saber Sim projections and simulations and everything like that, and going that way, right? The, who, the person that basically trusts Sabersim the most for better or worse is always going to, that lineup, those lineups are going to grade out as if they were the best, right? Because that's, that's also the metric you would be grading them against, right? You would be using, if you built your lineups uh, based on the SIM data and then graded your lineups based on the SIM data, the lineups where you most allowed the SIMs to build them will grade out the best. So, like if you, you know, if, if the Sims love the Braves tonight and you faded the Braves, right? Well, that's not going to look very good if you graded your lineups based on the Sims, even if that was a sharper play for one reason or the other. So uh, it's definitely an interesting idea. Um, I think it's cool. I think there's a lot of uh, very, probably very sharp players or pros out there that are doing something similar on their own to calculate their own kind of ROI or EV. Uh, I, I think it's still a great idea. I think that's kind of just one thing that pops in my mind of like, you got to be careful with, with that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, there's a, 
it, it is definitely a cool idea. Um, but yeah, Anthony says, for instance, Jordan Poole, one percent bottom outcome, one thirty-eight middle percent outcome, fifteen percent total. You know, yeah. So I get what you're saying. Yeah, and I mean, you can do that on the lineup level too. You can say like, you know, here's what here's what my expected value is when when my lineup portfolio has a ninety-fifth percentile outcome. Here's here's how much I expect to lose when I have a thirty percent outcome, right? Um, so definitely cool. I think there's, there's probably some creative things we could do there. Um, again, in terms of, I think it is absolutely cool in, to, in terms of how useful it is. It depends a little bit on how you handle some of that SIM bias. Um, but yeah, it's cool. So thanks for, thanks for sharing. I, I mean, any, any recommendations or, or feature requests or things like that are always welcome on the stream. So, um, Cool. All right. Uh, I don't see any other questions here uh, coming in. Um, we'll kind of begin to, I would say, slowly. Okay, here we go. Patrick, I noticed a small update for the maybe golf section. Could you explain the missed cut option tab for us? Uh, I can, but let's see. I can try. I didn't play golf this week. So this would be a really cool feature to show off, but I don't know if I need an entries file. I don't think I do. We're going to try. We're going to try it, okay? Uh, actually, let's go. We're not going to be able to do today because there hasn't been a cut yet this week. Uh, so let's do last week. Uh, cool. And give this a second to build here. So this is last week's, what was it, Charles Schwab last week, right? Yeah, the U.S. Open next week, right? Is that true? No, two weeks. Two weeks away. Exciting. Another major coming up. Uh, okay, cool. So uh, we now have this new tab called Made Cut. Uh, and it will... Wow. That's kind of surprising, uh, but awesome. Um, I guess if you had just built... I assume if you built with uh, pretty default settings uh, last week in golf, you would have had a pretty good day. Um, anyway, this new made cut thing will show you after the cut has come out, uh, basically what percentage of your lineups have certain players that made it through the cut. Um, so I I assume... Huh. I, I assume that since I'm looking at an old slate here, that this is a little wonky and that I actually wouldn't have 85% of golfers make it through the cut. Um, but anyway, this is now a super easy way to just see how your lineups are doing. So uh, if, if you've built for the Memorial this week, uh, after the cut tomorrow, you can go back to your build, whatever build you use to fill your lineups and see uh, what percentage of your lineups have six of six, what percentage have five of six, four and six, etc. cetera. Um, typically somebody... Uh, you know, Nelson Adcock or somebody else out there will um, maybe Skyhook will post how many um, lineups on average in different contests made it through the cut. Um, and you can compare if you have, you know, if 20% of lineups in the minimax made it through the cut and you have 40%, right? You have a lot of leverage on the field in the lineups that have remaining six of six win equity there. So cool little feature, just something that we thought we would add. Um, that came over from the, the, the guys, our, our partners at run pure, that was their recommendation. So, um, yeah, I think it's a cool little feature. Um, 
AK said, oh man, golfers getting cut is the worst. Opening up your lineups to see that uh, face palm, but they're fun to jump in to get your early morning DFS fun going. Yeah, golf is, it's, it's, a, it's a fun sport. It is a, a little bit, it feels a little masochistic at times because it is, it is just brutal. It is a hard, hard, hard DFS sport. Uh, so, but I, I enjoy it. I enjoy, I enjoy the hell out of DFS golf. Um, I think it's probably one of, I think it's one of the harder, I've mentioned this before. I think it's one of the harder sports out there to, to drive a kind of consistent profit, uh, especially in the, the, the main slates, um, just cause you're dealing with probabilities that are so small, right? So, um, I mean, you know, here's a decent way to look at this, right? Like, you, you know, your best, your best overall projected golfer, five or so percent chance to win, right? Like we were just looking at home run probabilities a minute ago. We were looking at home run probabilities of nine hole hitters, and they had a higher probability to hit a home run than any given golfer had a chance to win the tournament, right? Like that's not, that's kind of a little bit of an awkward comparison, but I'm just trying to paint the picture of like, when you're trying to really get it right with a golf lineup, it's it's hard because you're not really just trying to pick the guy that's going to win. You like, you probably want of your six guys, you're probably trying to pick six guys that not only all make it through the cut, but probably, you know, you probably want the winner depending on how, how large the field of contest you're playing is, but you want the winner. You probably want, you know, two, two other guys in the top five and then fill that out with like maybe two top 10 guys. And uh, maybe, I mean, depending on the, the lineup construction, but a cheapie that makes the cut and maybe even like sneaks into the top 20. Right? Like that's kind of what you're trying to do. That's that's hard. That's that's quite a parlay that you're trying to pull off. Um, so yeah, it's tough. Fun sport though. It's I it's fun. I I the reason I think I like golf DFS so much in particular is because it, it 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 would is in theory like to me the perfect game theory game where uh most weeks there's not gonna be a lot of correlation, which is another reason why there's no there's less of an edge, but there's there's not really any correlation. You've got probabilities for certain outcomes for golfers and you've got ownership uh and you are balancing that problem and it's it's fun so uh anthony said do you have any detailed mma videos yeah we have a good one up on our youtube channel here um let's see uh it's it's pinned up here at the top in this new here section um but i did an hour-long kind of interview stream with will uh who uh basically built our MMA Sims um, talking about how the Sims are put together, how they work. And then also some strategies about how to get the most out of them uh, was pretty cool. We, uh, this video came out. So we published our MMA Sims earlier this spring. Uh, and then the day after those Sims went live, uh, Will took down the hundred K using uh, those projections and, and simulations. And then the day after that hopped on my stream and talked to me about uh, his strategy and, and how he went about doing it. So uh, yeah, pretty good, pretty good resource there. I'd, I'd go check that out. But um, so Anthony said, I really want to thank you again for answering the last question. I feel like Sabersim is the future and I'm in the process of switching from a traditional optimizer. Yeah. Happy to hear that. I'm a, I'm happy to help and answer questions and help facilitate that as much as possible. I, I really believe in what we're doing here. Um, I really do. I think I get excited about it. I think uh, there's um, a lot of of power here. There's a lot of things that that we can do here that um, are just better than than what is out there with a lot of the other tools. And um, most of that is just because you know those tools, other traditional optimizers, is, is traditional optimizers and things like that. Just they weren't built to do this, right? They were they are relics of a time where DFS was beatable by just basically even just having projections, 
right? I mean, there was, it doesn't even feel that long ago where like, you know, literally, I mean, there was, you know, knowing who was going to play that night, knowing the injury reports accurately was an edge and then knowing projections was an edge and then an optimizer was an answer to that problem, right? How can we get the most projected average points into a lineup uh, as easy as possible in print? Right. Well, now that's not that's that doesn't work anymore. I mean, you can get a decent set of projections for free for a lot of sports out there. So what do we need to do now? Now we're now we're correlating our lineups. Right. We're now we're really looking at the ranges of outcomes uh, of lineups. Uh, we're, we're taking into account ownership. Um, and and I mean, we're pushing that the, the bar even a little bit further on kind of what we think the next edges to exploit in DFS are going to be with some of the features we're working on right now. So, um, yeah, anyway, really exciting stuff. But uh, I don't see any other questions that have come in here. I'm going to go ahead and leave it there for today's stream. Um, again, tomorrow, I know I've, I've uh, teased this throughout the week. Tomorrow, we will be doing the contest selection stream. Eric will be on here. Uh, we've we've put in a ton of work the past couple of weeks researching this, uh, analyzing this. Uh, our, our optimal contest selection strategy should be kind of a nice update uh, to what we've preached in the past. You know, if you've seen a lot of our contest selection streams in the past, uh, you know how important that is to us. That's why uh, we've spent as much time as we have on this. So uh, we'll be looking forward to that here tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern. So come join me and Eric uh, and ask any contest selection questions you have for us then. Uh, in the meantime, good luck tonight. Enjoy game one of the NBA Finals. We didn't talk too much NBA today here, uh, but excited for for game one. Enjoy the six-game main slate, if you're playing the main slate, uh, and I will see you guys tomorrow. Take care.